Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is Severin Henderson back again for another episode of Department 3C Presents, an episode connected to fire. In this episode, I had the very honor to speak with Kiana Tucker. Um, Ms. Tucker is an advocate for mental health and just had the opportunity to speak with her about all things that she knows about mental health on the podcast. And I really appreciate her coming on. And we just together wanted to put it out for all the masses to hear. This isn't just a mental health podcast for people in the first responder service, but for anybody overall, if you feel like you have an issue or anything that you have going on that you need someone to talk to and speak to, please don't hesitate to reach out. We also have hotlines that will be on the website. That's at www.department3c.com. And overall, we just wanted to make sure that you had some information that you could talk to, speak to, listen to, anything that you could consume within yourself about mental health in your life. And if this appeals to you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Thank you very much for listening. And with that being said, here's the episode. This is Severin. Um, I'm coming to you again with another episode of Department 3C Presents, a podcast connected to fire. And today we have a young lady um, who reached out to me through another friend to talk about mental health and mental health issues um, on the show We've talked about that multiple times. That's a whole big purpose and part of the show is just talking about mental health, mental health issues. And it's kind of part of the part of my passion project with this podcast in the first place. Um, That's I always say that's part of the reason why I started it, just to start and have conversations. So today we have Kiana Tucker. Um, We're going to talk about mental health issues and let's just. Start from there, Kiana. Nice to meet you. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So, like I said, through another mutual friend of ours, he said, I have a um, friend. She wants to talk about mental health. I'm like, I'm with it. So, anytime somebody wants to discuss the issue and have some insight and everything else, I'm always up in game and ready to have that conversation. So, just surrounding the issue and the topic of mental health what's kind of your standpoint and stance and what would you like to get accomplished with this conversation with the start of this conversation we're going to have today so one thing that I want to talk about um is living with mental illness um because it's a huge stigma still surrounding mental health, mental illness. There's still a lot of people don't want to address it, don't want to discuss it. I also think, too, it's not a lot of people educated and are probably ignorant to the fact that they may struggle with it or somebody close to them is struggling or suffering with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I deal with it personally um, and have had moments where I've gone up and down and had really tragic, almost life-threatening situations as a result of my mental illness and the fact that I did not even realize I was suffering with an actual mental disease or mental disorder, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I want to talk more about it because we don't know what we don't know. So the more we educate ourselves and the more we talk about it, the more we can become more aware of it. Like for me, when I had my suicide attempt a couple of years ago nobody knew that I was dealing with what I was dealing with when it came to my depression Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to talk about it um nor that the people around me when they did find out they I had a huge support system but it wasn't easy for them either because it's not something that you are naturally equipped with it's not something that they taught us in school, right, right. you know, we learn all about the signs and symptoms of heart attacks and stroke, but you don't know what to do when somebody is suffering with mental illness or having a mental breakdown. What do we do? We've seen in, you know, in the media and the news, what typically happens is you people call 911, 
then that goes left real quick because they don't even know how to address a person in, in a right. mental health crisis. Right. So that's why I want to talk about it mm-hmm. because I want to, like I said, just spread more awareness. I want to reduce the stigma. I want it to be okay to say I'm not okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate your openness even talking about having a um, suicidal attempt. That's a real hard area and subject to broach and even start to get to and talk about. So you said you had a support system and people kind of just came in. Tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me how they came in and how people helped you out. So I had really good friends. Um, When they found out what happened, a lot of them were shocked, but they were there for me. Like my girls were there for me. They surrounded me with love and support. Um, My ex-husband at the time who I was we were going through a separation, but we were still under the same roof. It was difficult. He he dealt with it the best way he know how, but it was difficult. It was scary for him. Mm-hmm. I had family members that didn't know how to deal with it, um, that didn't know how to talk about it. Still to this day, family members really don't talk about it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But today, my ex-husband is really supportive. He's been like one of my biggest champions um along with my girls I have a really good friend of mine I'm gonna put her name out there Barbara she calls me every single day we talk all the time because she knows me she knows me so well I met her in college and after everything happened it's like she knows that she has to check on me because I will put on a front and act like everything (laughs) is okay and I will like to, like they say, fake it till you make it, but yeah. it's only so much faking you can do to the point where you just got to say, you know what, sis, no, I'm not okay. And that was today, actually. I had a moment. Mm-hmm. I was having a rough day today, and she called me, and I was just like, oh, my God, no, I'm not all right. No, first I said, um, I'm okay. She's like, no, you don't sound like it. don't like sound it. okay. <laughs> and she knew it, and as soon as she said that, there I go, crying, and I expressed and told her how I felt and what I was dealing with emotionally and you know mentally and it's okay and that's what we need we need more people to be willing to ask are you okay Mm -hmm. I do it all the time because I know what my struggles are Mm -hmm. and I want it you know I want to reciprocate that same feeling because I know I'm not the only one who goes through these Issues. I'm not the only one suffering with depression or anxiety or seasonal affective disorder or PTSD, especially in our culture. Yeah, those African are, Americans are dealing with PTSD and have we have no idea yeah. that we're suffering from it because yeah. we don't know what it is. Right, and it's not something like you said when we first started talking. It's not like something they teach you in school. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's not a finance class or social exactly. studies or history or anything like that. It's kind of like okay, you're an adult. Figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> and that's not... And it's not fair. It's not fair, right. I, um, Me, personally, I'm not a super huge religious person, but mm-hmm. I saw a friend, Um, she had posted on a social media site, our friends, was, our parents were more worried about teaching us about God than teaching us about finances and mental health and mm-hmm. life and everything mm-hmm. else. And I think I don't think that's to their detriment. I think that was something that they were just raised on and they right. just trying to do the best they could do. Right. Um another thing to kind of speak to that, it's a book I've been eyeing up and I haven't purchased it yet. It's um called what is it called? Is it a book or a podcast? I keep seeing it. It's a book that you your you wish your parents would have read mm. and I kind of want to get it to see what they're talking about mm-hmm. because just like we're saying for us there's no school or no lesson for mental health issues and kind of the stuff you had to deal with when you get out there and become an adult parents it's like no handbook to say hey this is how you raise a kid that's so, true so right you're right because they only know what they know and how they were taught and the way they were raised mm-hmm. And 40, 50 years ago, it was, you know, we had the uncle or the auntie who was the black sheep in the family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they crazy something wrong or with something them. wrong with them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or they just we just disregarded them and just threw them away. Yeah. And never tried to stop and say, well, what is wrong with them? What is the issue? Yes. You absolutely. know, I had an alcoholic father and. I didn't know at the time. I mean, I was young. I didn't know any better. But he was a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until after he passed in 2014 that I, when I finally dealt with those issues, I finally 
asked myself, why was he an alcoholic? Why was he the way he was? Why was he so distant and withdrawn? Why did we not have a relationship? Why did he always turn to the bottle? Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what he was going through, being a Vietnam veteran. I know he dealt with PTSD. I know it's probably some depression. Those are the things that we need to talk about because like it or not, and as hard as it is to believe, these things are hereditary. Mm -hmm. Typically, if somebody else in the family is dealing with mental illness or suffering with it, your chances of having it or dealing with it as well is highly likely. Not saying it's 100%, but it's highly likely. Kind of like addiction. If addiction is in the family, chances of you suffering from addiction is strong. So it's the same thing with mental illness, um, which is why we need to educate ourselves. We got to break that, you know, that cycle because... This is 2021. Things have come a long way. Things have changed drastically from 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now we have to talk about it. We have to address it. Suicidality is it's 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 extremely high. The rate of people dying from suicide is awful. And they're young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, the youth especially are really struggling the most. We didn't have social media when we were 13 and 14. Right. Now they're dealing with that anxiety, stress of what they see on social media and plus not to mention just the stresses of being a teenager, what's going on in school, bullying. So this is why we have to talk about it. It just has to, we have to just break this and it can't just be a generational thing. We need to start from the children up to big mama, even though big mama may not understand <laughs> it. Be setting her she's ways. setting her ways, but we still need to let we her know. Like to, We still, I agree with that 1000%. Um, that's like I kind of said at the beginning, that's my whole thing for even having a, trying to have a podcast, a um, blog, a vlog, mm-hmm. a platform to even talk about these issues. Um, it, it, for me, it came up by seeing a lot of people, not not that I knew all of them, but um, a lot of firefighters mm-hmm. um, pass away. A lot of police officers mm-hmm. do the same thing. We just here in the state of Illinois had an officer. Um, well, I, we don't know exactly what happened there, but that's the suspected thing that mm-hmm. he committed suicide in right. his car. Point is... Um, we have these situations arise all too often to just act like it's not happening. Absolutely. So, I mean, the first thing for any problem is to have a conversation, at least start and have right. a conversation about it. Now, uh, one thing that you said that I like, and maybe I'll try and find like a, a teacher person to come on, <laughs> is you said we don't talk about this in school. Do you think this is a subject that should be approached in school? Like kind of what grade? I think it should start probably as early as um, maybe third, fourth grade. Oh, you thinking younger than me? I was thinking when they um, even before they become teenagers. Not even. teenagers necessarily, okay. but um, middle school. Okay, is what okay. I was thinking. Like, like just just a little, just a little bit off. You know how you kind of transition out of elementary, right. you go to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I think, kind of around there, and okay. so we're on the same page as, as far as that. I had a. I had a um, guy the other day was saying, I think it's too late. Kind of the, the it's it's too far gone to even do anything. So now we just got to deal with it. It's like mm. we're trying to back fix it. I'm like, well. We got to be proactive. What's the solution to, I mean, to just keep saying, nah, it ain't there? You can't sweep it under the rug, and that's the problem. Right. And like you said, African-Americans, just from our plight and position mm-hmm. in life, we have PTSD um, don't even have know it <laughs> exactly, and don't our thing. I feel like in our culture is we don't talk about things enough. Right. Um. It's kind of hush hush. Shh, shh, hey, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and we do that throughout our entire culture. Um. I mean, other races have the same thing. Other mm-hmm. ethnicities they do the same thing. It's just I just feel like. Our PTSD is from outside factors affecting us. I right. feel like other people's is from inside family issues kind of messing with them. So. And I think it's a little bit of both, even in our culture, because, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about a lot about, like, family or incest, you know, girls being molested by grandfathers, uncles. So we have things that we deal with, too, yep. inside our home. Plus, yep. not even talking about the black woman. Let's talk about the black man, because the black man is suffering with so much and he can't even talk about it because in our culture, black man got to be strong. Black man can't cry. Black man can't express himself. And I don't think that's fair because it's a lot on you. And I don't know what it's like to be a black man in America, but I can only imagine. I'm raising a son. Mm-hmm. I mean, his dad and I are raising him, I should say. Mm-hmm. And 
I can only imagine what that's like. You guys got a lot on your plate. And a lot of these households don't even have black men in the house. So there's another issue, you know. So it's a lot of things going on inside the house. And like you said, in the neighborhood. And it's like we have generational PTSD being handed down to us because of what we may have seen or experienced growing up. Murders, you know, just crime and gangs. And it's a lot going on. And it's a lot to digest. But in our culture, we don't know what that is. We don't know what we're feeling. But we know how to cope, and it's not in a healthy way, right? <laughs> oh we drink, we get high, we get high, we do we everything, everything to escape yes. ourselves and work on what is going on inside of us, and that's what we need to be doing. We need to find healthy ways to deal with this, um, and that's why I think it's just so important. We we don't talk about it. I actually, um, along with some other people in my organization, am a mental health first aid trainer mm-hmm. because. That's, like I said, something that needs to be addressed is something that needs to be discussed. And what this training teaches people, and this is not for anybody. This is for anybody, I should say. You don't have to be a professional. But it teaches you the signs and symptoms of when a person, like I said, is having a mental health crisis and how to make sure that they don't harm themselves or others, basically keeping them safe. Well, let's let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me the signs and symptoms and just tell me the whole process, if you would. Right. So depending on the person, the situation, a lot of times, um, and I know personally, but it's also studies have shown when a person is suffering with thoughts of suicide or have attempts of suicide, it's not something that just happens out of the spare of the moment. It's something that thoughts have been there. It's like a gradual process. It was building up. I know for me, I had been having thoughts of wanting to die for months before I made my attempt. Mm -hmm. So that's one sign. There's other nonverbal signs, because a lot of times when a a person is suffering, they don't communicate it. And those that can be a red flag, depending on the person. Me, for example, I'm typically a very warm, bubbly, outgoing, outspoken, love to talk type of person. Mm -hmm. But when I'm struggling and when I'm depressed and I'm really down, I don't communicate. I withdraw. I isolate. Um... It's hard to get up. It's hard to get out the bed. It's just right. hard to do normal living. That's how you know it's a problem when it affects your normal living, your normal lifestyle, just going to work, just going to school. You can't take care of your family. You can't do the basics. That's when you know it's a problem. When it's affecting your normal way of life, that's an issue. For children it's, it's or teenagers or youth, it's kind of hard to tell, especially in teenagers, because they're moody, right? Yeah, and they're going through those times those where moments. they don't want exactly. to talk. They don't want to look at right. you and everything else. So it's really hard to pinpoint it, but they'll have their, their moments. Um, sometimes people will start doing things like, making plans to give things away. They'll give away all their belongings mm-hmm. or they start emptying out bank accounts. It, it'd be little subtle things like that. Or they may say things about people that are no longer here, for example, those people that may have passed on that are deceased. Mm-hmm. They may start talking about them more. You may see them getting drunk, drinking, or using drugs more. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. Um but it's usually little subtle signs, and you just got to be careful. Even if a person sells harm, if they are cutters or, you know, they like to do things that hurt themselves, not necessarily result in dying, but they may do things to harm themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's more of an escape from what they're feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything to hurt anybody else. It's just about them trying to get this feeling of, pain oftentimes though when a person is in that situation they don't want like for example when I was in that boat when I was suicidal it's hard to rather than I tell people all the time don't try to talk them out of it but rather talk with them listen to them try to find out why they're feeling that way don't make them feel bad because I know when I was telling somebody I was having suicidal thoughts they told me I was selfish. <laughs> they told me that it's the wrong thing to do. And that's, that's something you don't want to say. You don't want to kick a person while they're down. Right. That's key. Right. You want to uplift them. You want to let them know you support them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
um, because they're already down. When I was like that, I was down. It was nothing you could tell me that was going to make me feel good. Because when a person is in that state of mind, they're not well. Mm -hmm. They're sick. And I was sick because everything around me said the best thing for you to do is to just leave this earth. Just not be around. It's just not be around. My son was going to be better off without me. Everybody in my life would have been better off without me is what I was thinking. And I was in so much pain, I just wanted to end the pain. That was what I was feeling in that moment. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad I'm here today. But mm -hmm. typically when a person is in that state of mind, I just want the people around them to know it is not your fault. Don't don't take you know, accountability for them. Well, be responsible. A, a lot of times, not that they take accountability, but they take the blame right. a lot of times. Like, right. well, what did I do? Or what could I have done? Or what didn't I see? Or what didn't I know? Right. And one of my favorite sayings, it kind of doesn't go with this, but it does go with this at the same time, mm -hmm. is I say, um, you can't control what anybody else does. Absolutely. You can only control yourself. And I have a hard enough time controlling me. So exactly. <laughs> it's no way in the world I can control else. what somebody else is doing. Sure. So for the person that, 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 the number one thing it sounds like to me, what you're saying is if you're a family or a friend or right. somebody that you know and they aren't acting right, kind of press them. Right. No, I mean, not, not, in a, not in bad a, press them. Right. But just check in with just them. Just see if they're okay. Right. That, absolutely. Because yeah. nine out of 10 times, they really do want to talk about it. They do want to express it, what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. They just don't know how. Sometimes they may not even be able to talk, but you can just say, hey, I'm going to sit right here with you. I just want you to know you're not alone. You're not by yourself because that's what they're feeling. And like I said, it's not something that anybody can, you know, it's just something you don't know until you've been in them shoes, which is why I've been on both sides. But that's why I want to educate, educate people more about what to look for when you may have missed that. Because if it's somebody that you know, family members, somebody that's under the roof with you, you know their mannerisms, you know the way they move, you know the way they operate. If they're not eating, if you start to see, you know, shifts in their appearance, that could be a sign. It could be a sign of anything. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a sign of, you know, they could be under the influence, they could be taking drugs, or they could just be at the point where they're not eating, you know, it could be a decrease in appetite, increase in appetite. Um, sleep is another thing that can be ultimately affected. A person may be sleeping too much, too much or not, or enough. not enough. For yep. me, I was the ultimate sleeper. Mm -hmm. I slept and slept and slept and slept. And right. So those are, it's the little things like that, that we take for granted, but those can be huge red flags and people that are suffering from a mental health situation or mental illness. Right. So that's, that's, those are all signs. I'm sure there are more that we're not getting to, but the number one thing that I would like or appreciate anyone to do if they're listening to this is kind of do some of your own research and, you know, look look a little bit in the right places right. to see if, if, if your friend or family member is acting different. They had that commercial on with the two girls sitting on the couch. There's two white girls sitting on the couch and the one say, hey, you haven't been acting right lately. Oh, yeah, I did and see she that. said, man, <laughs> she said, yep. you want to talk about it then? And, and Embrace the Awkward, I think, is the name yeah. of the campaign. So that would probably be like a good place because, like you said, a lot of times when somebody's feeling down and just not right, they don't even feel like talking. They just, mm -mm. you know, you just sit by them and look at them. And right. Just say, I'm going to hold your hand, or I'll just sit here next to you, or you want me to rub your back, let me hold you, whatever the case may be. You know, you just need to let them know that they're supported. Um, and I can, like I said, if they're interested, if anybody out there is listening, if you're interested in mental health first aid training, please let me know, because I'm definitely willing to, and I've already started to, um, with my organization, Teach It to the Community. Mm -hmm. um, I've taught it to some young adults, I've taught it to some older adults, like, they have the, two of them. They have a mental health first aid training for adults, and then they have a youth mm -hmm. mental health first aid for um, the youth. What's the name of the organization? I don't think we got that. I don't think we So I work for Rush University Medical Center. That's how I got my training, but the mental health first aid is separate from that. This is an actual um, – it's actually started internationally um, years ago. Mm -hmm. um, the Mental Health First Aid Foundation is who teaches the, the – 
who created the course and myself and some other colleagues um, took the training to actually be facilitators to teach it out in the community because that's one of our goals at Rush was to actually teach this out and particularly in the West Side communities and mm-hmm. there's a lot of areas that we support. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what one of our goals is. But for me, it was a it was a personal goal of mine just because I'm so extremely passionate about mental health mm-hmm. and mental health awareness and I just felt like me being out there teaching it because I do struggle with it I just want to show people that it's okay you can live with it every day is not roses every day is not sunshine but just like with anything it you have good days you have bad days what I learned is that depression can go into remission just like cancer mm-hmm. and I didn't know that until years ago because when I had to get hospitalized as a result of my attempt but when I learned, it made so much sense because I have been going through these ups and downs of depression for years mm-hmm. and had no idea why this kept happening. Since I was a teenager, I've had things that happen that are triggers for me that I have to be more aware of. So somebody who deals with it, once you know, you know, well, okay, what's my, what's my action plan? What do I do to make sure that I'm healthy? Just like if you're diabetic, you take your medicine. If you got high blood pressure, you take your medicine. Mental health, in certain circumstances, there is medication that you take along with it, but it doesn't always have to be medicine. There's therapy. There are support groups. I actually joined a 12-step program titled Emotions Anonymous, mm-hmm. similar to like Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of people don't know about I um I know about Emotions Anonymous. Mm-hmm. I um had a experience with that same group before. Okay. And I didn't even know that existed. So that's like another thing that, 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 that doesn't, that, that is, that's just another, I can't think of a word, but it's It's another resource. Yes. Resource. There we go. And it's not something that, that you, that people know about. That you advertise. No, that's true. Because I mean, everybody heard of AA. And then if you know about gambling, gambling anonymous and Mm -hmm. things like that and drug anonymous, because they, they, you know, kind of, you watch a comedy and sometimes if you belong there or of a television show, but the motions anonymous is something that not a lot of, well, yeah, I know. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. So th- thank you for, you know, even bringing that up. That That is somewhere that you can go and turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, Another and thing, and it's free <laughs> in my um, mental health journey and trying to figure out and find out different things. I, um, stumbled upon a few yes i can't remember the name of the group but it's a it's a drug and alcohol group but not for the person for their family oh you mean alanine alanine yes that's Mm -hmm. yep that was that was a name of one of them one of the other things and that kind of goes along with what we were talking about earlier like if you have a friend or a family member somebody that you're generally close to and they're going through something the same way that they need help, I feel like you as the individual need help too sure. to kind of get some of that. Some of you got to scrape some of it off you to. to, right. to I mean, to kind of give it an analogy, you have to. Sometimes you need somewhere to put those emotions, those thoughts, those feelings, mm-hmm. and put them for someone else to hear and possibly give you some good advice back. Right. Right. That absolutely. And I think like for example with EA, sometimes depending on the meetings, they have what's called open meetings where you can actually invite family mm-hmm. friends to attend the meetings with you. Mm-hmm. Um they don't have to speak, but they're there for support. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's what's so beneficial about Emotions Anonymous and what has been so helpful for me. I've done the the entire twelve steps. Um, I actually did it throughout the entire 2020 mm-hmm. that allowed me because the way the world changed, it allowed me to actually focus on my mental health because 2019 was when I really had my, well, I would like to say I hit rock bottom. So 2020 was my rebuilding phase and that involved me working the 12 steps and, you know, uncovering the layers of how I got to where I'm at and how do I address it? And you have people in the support group that understand you, that know what you're going through mm-hmm. and, you know you're not being judged, and you guys have stories that are so much alike. And it's just, it's a good feeling to know that I know I'm not alone. And you see people that have been in the program for years, and you hear their survival stories, and it's like, oh, wow, there is yeah. a better way. Like, it's, I, I can get through this. I, this. This too shall pass, is yes. what I say. Yes, I agree with that. Um, 
Now, let's talk a little bit about support systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did at the beginning, we were talking about positive support systems. Right. But what do you feel like one should do when they have a negative support system or when they feel like they don't have a support system at all? So if it's, uh, first of all, if it's a negative support system, I would say remove it from you because that's not going to help you. When you're already feeling down, you don't need anything that's going to make you feel worse, bad or worse than what you already feeling. So find a, a positive escape, a positive way to deal with it. You need positive resources. Um, even if it's not a person or a support system, there are other ways to find, to support yourself. And that's one thing that I'm actually also taking another training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called RAP, uh, Wellness Recovery Action Plan. And it's a, a tool for those people that are suffering to have is like a, a like it's your recovery plan for when you're having these these moments. What are your tools that's gonna help you on your bad days, on those moments when you're feeling like you're alone? Like me, for example, today, mm-hmm. I do daily meditations, I do daily readings. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person, so mm-hmm. I definitely believe in God and the higher power. Mm-hmm. So I have things that I do to try to uplift myself. I do a lot of uh, motivational quotes. I have motivational things all around my house mm-hmm. um so that's what i would encourage a person to do it, even if you don't have those things you can easily just sometimes just going outside for a walk can be helpful um exercise i know it sounds cliche but i find it that it's very helpful just little things like that finding the things that you know may bring a smile to your face watching mm-hmm. something funny on tv you know just something like that and i've also found that if i remove myself like if I just look outside of myself and volunteering and, and talking to other people and helping other people, that helps me feel better too. Okay. All so, all good positive resources. Right. And you you know what you answered a question I had for you earlier. You you got it in there in the wrap because I was gonna say okay. what's in that toolbox or what, what yeah. would you place in that toolbox to kinda when you know you're not feeling the best, you're not feeling right, mm-hmm. um, you know, what would you put in there to pull out? So the things that I actually have a checklist of things, one thing I do, like I said, I, I and to be honest, I'm going to be completely transparent. I use this every day because since the, since the season has changed and the days seem to get shorter and day, nights are longer now, I suffer with what's called seasonal affective disorder as well. Mm-hmm. So it's harder for me to get up in the morning now. So I have to constantly rely on my recovery tools. I have to look at my daily meditation book. I have to, just talk to God. I have to pray and I have to just do my gratitude list for the things that I'm grateful for. Um, things that's going to get me motivated. Um, that's going to encourage me to want to get up. And it's not easy. Trust me. It's not. And I don't always remember to utilize those tools, but I use those. I'll call a friend. Um, I love Starbucks, Starbucks coffee. <laughs> That's one of my things that makes me, you know, that puts a smile on puts my face. Puts a smile on your that face, That brings yeah. me joy. That brings me happiness. Um, just little things like that. Uh, like I said, I always call my friend when my friend always calls me before I can get a chance to reach out to her. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing. And I find that, like I said, going outside just for a little while, just getting some fresh air has been extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, exercising. Just even just taking some deep breaths. Just breathing um is helpful little things like that is what i have in my recovery toolkit but it it depends on everybody everybody is different but those little things can go a long way and they they do wonders for me so you feel that well obviously curly from your conversation you feel like those little things help um what would you say to a person that that that's just is too far gone that's not helping um little things not adding up to big things like just whatever they do whichever direction they turn they just not feeling right not feeling right then i would tell them to keep don't give up find out what it is that you need to make you feel better because you have to be accountable for your health and wellness too Mm mm-hmm Nobody knows what you're feeling except you. So you know what it is that you need to do to get yourself out of that space. Um, even if you can't talk to somebody, just something. Um, sometimes 
social media may work. People sometimes feel more comfortable reaching out to people behind the screen, you know, mm -hmm. just something, but don't just give up. Like, and all else, pray about it. I, I, like I said, I'm a spiritual person, and people may not see anything tangible with that, but I do believe in that. Like, the serenity prayer is something I utilize all day, every day. I have it on my wall. Like, I have to remember that this too shall pass, and I have to learn how to, you know, accept the serenity for the things that I can change. Mm -hmm. But I also have to be able to change the things that I can mm -hmm. and have the courage to know what I can and can't change and what I can, you know, have to accept. Okay. Well, um, my thing with, with when you feel like it's just nothing working is try something drastic that you've never tried before. A lot of people don't like to talk to people mm -hmm. and because, like you said, all too often you feel like um, this is only I feel like this. Nobody understands. Right. Um, if I talk to somebody, they're going to do this or they're going to laugh or they're going to talk about me or anything else. That's not a good support system, by the way. <laughs> my, no, no, no. Right. My, my thing would be just to... Before you do anything else, just at least try and get it out to Absolutely. somebody. Say right. something. Talk. Because letting things build up and fester and turn into something else inside oh, of you isn't really good for anybody. It isn't it's good not, for you. It's, it's not, not good up. for the people you're surrounded with or anything else. You, mm -hmm. you should really try and get that stuff out. So Absolutely. And I, and I, I agree. I think that was probably what ultimately led me to being in the boat that I was in because I held so much in for so long and being in denial and, and just running, trying to run for myself instead of, instead of just stopping and just sitting and realizing that there's something going on. What you're feeling and what you're thinking is not healthy. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I the people around me didn't know or the people that I did express it to didn't know how to react or respond. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not holding that against anybody because it's a life learning lesson for all of us. So or you're a good actor. <laughs> I am. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> that I was mean, one of my uh, traits, my skills. Is yeah, all I the, the, oh yeah, I'm great at faking it. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. And I was, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, just all too often, that's what we all do. We mm -hmm. always say, hey, I'm okay, I'll be all right, I'm going to make it, I'm yep. going to do this, I'm going to do that. When really inside, you're like, oh, I'm dying. So Right, and I think that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. We have to just be honest with ourselves and stop doing that because, like you said, you can't keep pretending. People are walking around with a smile on their face, functioning, and inside, they are, like you said, falling apart. They're deeply depressed. We don't know what happens when they're behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. That was me. I was going to work, coming home, you know, but on the inside, I'm like, I I don't know what I'm feeling, but my thoughts are not right. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. But you know, too, I remember feeling that way, but I remember thinking, I don't know where to go to get help. That's And that's yeah, why yeah, that's it needs to be talked, talked about, about more. Yeah. You don't know where to go. I, if you would have told me where to go, I would have got the help. But I didn't know how until it was too late. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm alive to utilize the help and have gotten the help. But everybody don't have that. And somebody like me who was going to work, working at a hospital, yeah. I didn't even know. It shouldn't take. And you're, you, you are so correct. And like you said, you're working at a hospital, working in the field. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't take for you to break to have to know right. where to go get fixed. Exactly. I mean... It should be like readily apparent. I mean, when you break your arm, you know where to go. Right. When you need your car fixed, you know where to take yep. it. Your computer break down, you know who to call. But when you break down, it's like, what, what do, do I, I do? do? Where am I at? A lot of times people think therapy is the only way. And a lot of, I'm going to say it again, people in our community and our culture don't still to this day believe in therapy. Right. There are support numbers. There are hotlines. And everything is completely anonymous, and it is free. Mm -hmm. Also, too, if you're feeling like you are about to harm yourself or you don't want to live, you can go walk into an emergency room and tell them that. I didn't know this. Yeah. Had I known, I would have did it because I knew I wasn't well, but I didn't know where to go or what to do about it. Now, let me, let me give you some, because some, I worked in an emergency room before, mm -hmm. and... Being 100% honest, and I love all of my um, first responders and doctors and nurses and everything else, okay. but 
you can tell when somebody really really messed up so like if you come in with tears in your eye like i just don't know what to do help me mm-hmm. but sometimes if you go in and say hey i'm messed up they're gonna look at you like well, I don't sit right here Man, that's not <laughs> fair and that's that's another problem because you can't just and again you can't just look at somebody all the time and tell yeah. you didn't know i was suffering when people found out they were in shock to this day people are like wow I, you don't look like yeah, the that type, type of... And that's, and it's that's, not a look. That's ignorant. Yeah, if, it's I not must a say, look. It's not a look. That's why it's so important to ask these questions. Because just because they, they're, they're not crying, everybody is not tearful when they're in that state of mind. Right. But if they're telling you, I'm not right, or I'm feeling messed up, as a healthcare professional or anybody, regardless of what your field is, I feel like it's our human responsibility to ask them, what's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they'll still go through the motions and everything right. and put you through. It's just, I feel like it's more of a fatigue and overwork type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just to speak to the profession, especially from being a paramedic. Right. I mean, all too often we go on runs and they go, oh, this is whatever, this is BS. And then this person's like having a real live heart attack, but just because they're not presenting how exactly. everybody else presents it, then you're like, oh, man, I should have did this, should have right. did that. And then you got people to go through the whole motion do everything when it's sometimes really nothing wrong with the person. They just need a regular doctor's appointment. Right. And they don't know... Just like we're talking about mental health, they don't know just to get a regular doctor's appointment. They just figure, oh, let me go to the emergency room because that's right. my doctor. So it's it's well, it's, like no, and I and I agree with that. But I'm just saying in a serious crisis where somebody is feeling suicidal, mm-hmm. that would be that's an emergency, like yes, hands down. But like in other regards, if it, even if a person is feeling not like themselves and is not as serious as like you know them having thoughts of suicide or Mm self-harm they still have other means of support Mm -hmm. that they should still seek yes um just maybe not to that to that extent when it requires hospitalization right i i totally understand and agree um so another thing around the whole you know there's somewhere to go we don't know where to go how would you think like we were talking about that commercial for instance how Mm -hmm. would you how do you think that these issues or these resources can be publicized a bit more or talked about more? So me, again, because I am who I am and this is my passion, I advertise it, I I spread it, I socialize it on social media. I'm always constantly posting, like for posting, I sound so country, posting, (laughs) for example, Suicide Awareness Month was in September. Uh Uh-huh. October is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I I haven't been this vocal this month just because I'm having my own struggles. Mm-hmm. But I've always been one to share this information on my my Facebook, my Instagram, um, my stories. Like I I constantly share this information. Yeah. Um, which is why I became, like I said, a mental health first aid trainer because I also communicate the support numbers and the information on where to go to get help that way as well. Um, outside of that, uh, there's other resources too. But again, that's why it's so important. I live in Oaklawn. Now I see it out here, but on South Shore on the east side of Chicago, you don't see that. No, and that's you a don't problem. see that. And that's probably where we need like it's a lot exactly of that the most. I mean, it's, like you said, at east side, south side, at west side, west side. Exactly. And I'm from a whole nother city and state mm-hmm. when and I moved to Chicago. And when I got here, I I just still can't believe there are there are people who live out west and ain't never been out south and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> you say, go over there. Uh uh-uh, uh. That I know. It's like it's, it's the same city. It's not like it's a different. They, they treat it like it's a different world. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing is, they have different accents too, from from mm-hmm. one side of town to the other. And. Where I came from originally, the um, department I worked for, we were super busy. And when I got here, I was on the busiest company um, in the city for a few years mm-hmm. with actual runs. And I would talk to people, say, oh, is it any different? I said, it's like the exact same. It's, right. it's just, I, I moved and, and just jumped into a bigger pool of the exact same stuff. And yeah. that just tells you culturally how we need to 
address these topics and talk about them and have like you know something surrounding them to make things a lot better because so many issues Mm -hmm. can be solved a with communication absolutely um proper communication on top of that but just the mental health aspect of knowing where and who to talk to and how to talk to people because i mean honestly like a lot of the violence that we have in the city i feel Mm -hmm. is um due to lack of communication. Um, A lot of them, I believe, are suffering with something mentally, emotionally mm -hmm. related, but they don't know that, and then they don't know how to. It's hard when you're dealing with something inside of you that you don't even know what it is, and you're not feeling like yourself, and it's like the brain is a powerful muscle, and when it's having you thinking that the worst-case scenario is true, it's it's just overwhelming. So I can only imagine when people are you know out in these streets and they're dealing with god only knows what Mm -hmm. plus not to mention those own internal demons what that you know that's overwhelming what that could feel like so Mm -hmm. it's no wonder that crime is the way it is because people don't know how to deal with these things they're lashing out in all the wrong ways they don't have any conflict resolution um just mentally physically emotionally i just don't feel they have the necessary resources or outlets that can make things be positive a lot of times. Um and you you said something um a while back talking about being a black man and how hard it is. The I feel I guess it's just a empathetic thing, but I feel the exact same way about black women because I feel yeah, being our black women is, real too. is the hard is the hardest mm-hmm. not even job, the hardest spot in the world. Because at the end of the day, I'm still a man and I can still do man stuff and I can, you know, put on a suit and go do whatever I need to do. But as a woman, a lot of times you all are so vulnerable to things True. and it's like people try and take advantage of you just to the fact that you're a woman and everything else. So it's kind of, it's to Absolutely. me, it's a two-way street. Yeah. And... Well, I... I, I Glad you did mention that. It is. You're right. It is hard being a black woman, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You're right, because we do oftentimes we'll get overlooked or we get judged or, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times I hear that thing where they say black men are the white women of the feminist movement or something like that (laughs) because they say they say a lot of times that black men don't put on how we're supposed to for women Mm -hmm. um you know we say oh yeah you're a woman you're cool you're black you're with me but you're still a woman and and like not give you the credit you deserve and things like that so i've heard that multiple times Mm -hmm. and it's it's a conversation to have it's kind of it's interesting yeah um I wouldn't say that about myself per se, but for, like I said, it's just the fact that you get looked past a lot of times just by just the fact of being a woman. I mean, one thing that always happens in throughout the world, throughout history, people always want to keep things the same. Yeah. They don't want to change. They don't want to do anything different. It's like, oh, this is what we've been doing. This is comfortable. And when when guys at work, especially in my profession, they Mm -hmm. love doing stuff for forever. We got a saying 150 years impeded by pride or 150 years of tradition impeded by progress. Mm. Um and that's just saying, yeah, we we always done it like that. Right. I say if we always did it like that, women wouldn't be able to read. And, I mean, black people wouldn't be able to read. Women okay. wouldn't be able to vote. Absolutely. And no matter what color, it'd just be a bunch of white dudes running around. Yeah. <laughs> taking like care of everything. Mm-hmm. So just that whole, this is how we always done it. I despise that yeah. saying, that feeling, that stance. Because not saying that my way is better or the way that I'm coming up with is better, but at least let's... It's not always just one way of yeah, doing anything. Right. right. We, we, we should at least be able to talk about it. Um, so as far as your, not movement, but where you work and the mental health box and the rap and everything else, is there any area or subject that I haven't asked you about that I should have or 
Is mm. anything that we're missing here? I mean, we're not going to be able to solve all the right. world's problems in an okay. hour. But <laughs> I, mean, I could talk about this all day, all night. But I think, I mean, I feel like I achieved my purpose for doing this. Okay. Um, definitely want people to know they can reach out to me if they have any questions about mental health first aid, the rap, or just want to talk about mental health period um okay so you know. i'm i'm slow with my website to like put up stuff okay i need to get quicker i, I need i need a team i need to hire some people <laughs> right. but anyway that's a whole different story <laughs> a different conversation where can we um reach you or reach out to you and have some resources to um help ourselves when we're not feeling quite right yep um people can reach out to me they can send me an email um my email address is kiana k e a N A underscore Tucker T U C K E R um, at rush.edu, or they could uh, follow me on Facebook. Um, again, my name is Kiana K E A N A, but go by my middle name, Chatine S H A T E E N. The same on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Always, I'm always willing to talk about it, communicate, open up. Um, I just feel like, you know. Everything I've gone through, I have a responsibility and a purpose to share my struggles, but to also let people know that you can get moved past it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be easy. And like I said, I have good and bad days still. Today was one of them bad days. But I'm so much stronger now than where I was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I know when I get like this, what I need to do to get myself back to where I need to be. So... That's what I want people to know. It's okay to talk about it. We can address it. We can fix it. Um, it's no one size fit all for anybody. Right. You just got to find what works for you. Well, I love and I appreciate your transparency. Um, just you opening up and telling us so much about yourself and your struggles makes me feel at least like your story is so relatable to someone out there that may be listening that may need some help that they don't know where to turn they don't Mm -hmm. know what to do they don't know where to go so we appreciate that i'm saying we like the whole staff is here but me i I appreciate that i appreciate all i appreciate you talking to me and definitely i feel like um you know our door for interviews and talking about is always open that's one of my favorite favorite subjects on my podcast and i'm sure we can do it again i'm glad we got to see in october and i just hope i can get it put out before (laughs) october ends if not well we only got what six more days so yeah the 31st is uh right so you know no pressure we'll Uh, see right We, we we it, it, it's an evergreen topic, so Got it. talk about it forever. So. It is, and I'm always willing to come back on and talk about it. And like I said, I'm here. I want to talk about it. I just want people to know, hey, you're not alone, and we're going to get through it together. I don't think I could have said that any better myself. <laughs> so with that, we'll end it, and thanks for listening. Thanks. And thanks for having me. Th- thanks for being here. Bye-bye. This has been a Fire and Iron Media production. You have something to say, people want to listen. 